Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Disrupting the Degree, the education marketing podcast. I'm Stephen Cleary from Carnival Content with Zainab Fayez and Zainab Fayez from The Brand Education. This podcast is all about higher education with industry trends, experts and practical ideas across the student experience, brand and marketing. In this episode of Disrupting the Degree, we're looking at Welcome Week and the student experience during COVID, including virtual and outdoor events, socials, Wi-Fi and the need for investment. So Welcome Week traditionally is a chance to meet new people, make friends, learn about the university and become part of the community. But how does this happen during a pandemic? So most universities are planning to offer face-to-face and online freshers this year, so all Welcome Week. They're working with their student unions in planning introductory online events, and it, and it won't be the same as it was last year or any of the other years that have gone by. I think what students are looking for, I guess, is a similar experience. Mm. And, you know, the days where you can go to a club and you meet other people, go to, the, to, to your lectures and meet others and really be introduced to your course, I think... So that's probably not going to work for everybody, right? So a lot of it's going to be a new, it's going to be testing, I guess, a pilot phase on what this could look like and who actually enjoys that. How do you encourage them to make friends? Yeah, that's... that's... So I think it's quite interesting, you know, you've taken social distancing and using social media as a sort of connector Mm -hmm. between this. So it's almost, you know, creating these sort of groups on Facebook and I think it's important to highlight social media when it comes to creating an experience. So I think it's about creating a space in real time I guess on what's happening and what's not happening, creating an environment for students on particular courses. Some universities we know are actually taking on the bubbles effect even with the living conditions it will be six to 13 people so universities are taking a stance when it comes to how they're dealing with it and how people make friends. But to what degree, I suppose? Stephen, what are your thoughts on it? So the expectation, especially if you're a new student, you're coming to university, it's not just about the teaching, is it? It's about this exciting experience. It's about making new friends. How do you transfer those pretty much all in-person events successfully online? And as well as that, I don't know about you guys, but when I went to university, it was about the clubbing and, yep. and those times. <laughs> so how, how do you, and that, that's the really difficult thing, isn't it? How, how do you do that? Yeah. For me, it was more about what does the library look like? <laughs> Can I go into the library and, you know, take out books and start printing things? You know, like it was all about the, you know, trying to integrate into the actual university structure and become seeing people at lecture theatres and saying hello. I think t- doing this whole online thing, if you're an introvert, you know, I, str- I would struggle in a large environment, like where there's, you know, even putting my camera on, you know, you, sometimes you do get a bit, you know, shy. So if you're an introvert, how do you integrate that? That's not going to be like a real life experience, is it, virtually? But then it's completely sweeping judgment, but they're more used to connecting online than ever. Yes. I know a load of universities are setting up groups on Facebook and, you know, encouraging um fellow freshers within that to get really involved with the student union and sort of welcome pack um, online. But I I struggle to understand because there's three of us here in this podcast at the moment and we've all had different experiences for what we thought university life was like. So for yourself, Stephen, it was, you know, the clubbing scene and Zina, it was more so... Not just that, (laughs) And for Zina, it was, the you know, the library and the academics and saying hello. But for me, it was completely different. It was the feeling of feeling independent and travelling 
into university, mm. although it was in London and it was pretty close to where I lived anyways, but it was that whole experience of being independent and having that space away from family and friends and making new friends and finding a new environment and adjusting to that. I suppose when it comes to, you know, creating that virtual online experience, I know, you know, comedy nights, etc. could all be set up on Zoom and online freshers fairs and all these sort of codes and vouchers and e-tickets for, you know, attending stuff. It's not quite the same. So I suppose what we should kind of touch on is how can universities make it as real as possible in this unfortunate slash challenging slash quite exciting time? Because it will allow for us to take a new approach to things and adapt to new ways of living. This is where I think universities need to invest in this because this is essentially the biggest introduction to the student experience. And if they have a poor welcome week, it's not going to be a great start, especially if you want to keep the students. Like it's difficult enough at the moment about them actually arriving on campus, yet alone if they don't have a great experience, then stay in. Yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging because like, how do you provide an equivalent experience? Yes, a lot of universities have mentioned that they're doing outdoor events so are the universities going to invest in sort of semi-permanent outdoor spaces mm-hmm. to provide safe socially distanced yeah it's, it's just it's it's challenging isn't it because this needs to be beyond just welcome week as well in my yeah, opinion absolutely. it needs to give this social experience it needs to carry on throughout the year because uh, otherwise like w- what happens after welcome week suddenly then no other social events go on mm. or just on a much lower scale i think that the university needs to to work with the students' union to really push the students to get involved in these because otherwise people are just going to sort of fall off the radar, aren't they? So they could team up with local businesses to create outdoor space if they don't have it on campus and, you know, invest in local business and also invest in the economy, introducing students through, you know, doing city tours and then teaming up with a city tour, street food, you know, teaming up with the like your festivals or things like that, something that's going to help them integrate into their new home and it's quite a blended approach isn't it I suppose that's another sort of buzzword going around I suppose that's a good way to bring everybody together in a, in a safe way yeah. and in a way that is actually timely for the events that are happening around us you know it's not just us affected of course it's everybody every single business every single institution they could then plug in social media live it won't be too difficult to plan them because if they're smaller events then mm. smaller integration approaches with Local businesses and what a great way with. to meet people through that as well. The smaller the groups, the more sort of time you get and the more face yeah. time you get with the people that you're around. You know, they're going to be I with you. I think it's frequency though. Mm. So I don't think it will be easier. It will be more challenging if there can only be, I don't know, what would you say, 20% of the normal number of people at an event, then they're going to have to put on a lot more events mm. to get all of the students involved in different things and keep them all entertained, especially during this time. And logis- logistically, that could be quite a pain. But the other sort of element to kind of create an equivalent experience, although it's a bit more different, but a very personalised experience from the moment the student signs up, I think is a huge way of really welcoming somebody into a new environment. I know if I were to move away to a different country to study abroad during this pandemic, it would be quite difficult to know what's happening because you know, although there will be people around, there will be staff on campus, etc. It's not the same experience as it would have been last year. So it's kind of knowing where everything is way before you even get onto campus. Mm. So creating that experience through personalised emails, personalised videos or talking heads or even to pick up the phone 
yeah. and speak to the student directly just to welcome them in. If you're an international student arriving, mm. absolutely. But I, I think I would be really nervous going to any university for the first time and to know, am I actually going to be safe? Mm. And so I think videos, absolutely. They don't need to be high-end production, just some kind of mm. straightforward, even if it's just filmed on mobile phones, someone showing and talking you through, preferably other students. This is where you arrive. This is how you get into the room. This is the one-way system, or this is where the hand sanitizer is. When you arrive, you'll get a mask and hand sanitizer in your welcome pack, which is probably going to be branded. I bet people are doing that uh, that's mm -hmm. the new welcome pack it's not a box of toys it's <laughs> branded <laughs> branded mask and hand sanitizer hopefully some other stuff as well that's a bit more exciting than that yeah fingers mm. crossed but I suppose it also comes down to the fact that it's such a virtual world I often see it as a, a sort of um, a video game you know I can just imagine moving through a block A and then finding what this room means and kind of seeing it a bit off I don't know if you ever play the Harry Potter games actually but you get a kind of like a bird's eye view off the map of what the the building looks like so it's almost you know getting people quite familiar with the ground through the video like they, they could do personalized virtual tours so if it's hooked up with SCRM they know where you're studying so if you mm -hmm. can show this is the route to that and actually give information to relieve anxiety so they can see yes. where they're going and I suppose yeah. this brings us on to you know loneliness and feeling isolated so this goes out to both of you. How can universities identify this and support the students when, you know, 80% of the teaching is online? It is really difficult because maybe an academic could tell whether they were actually sort of isolating themselves. But I don't know how often the universities are going to be teaching them in person. So say it was like 20 or 30% of the time, it's going to be really difficult to identify that. So maybe having the student reps that are responsible for, or, or even like nominating someone for each of these uh, bubbles whose responsibility it is to give regular feedback or to highlight to student services, for instance, anyone who's struggling? I think some universities, for example, in Northumbria, were talking about how they'll create students forming family bubbles with their flatmates and then retaining bubbles during lockdown if there was another to help manage, you know, the loneliness and to, to kind of create a community of people. I think um, Bristol University are actually doing that too. So they're introducing living circles. Yeah. Um, and it's just a case of having a group of students who are, you know, allowed to live together, socialise and even study, as well as spend time together because it's the safest way to get them involved with one another. Yeah, I mean, I think also if you look back to, like, university culture, it's a bit of a transition, isn't it, from school, like, sixth form or college to university and I think now universities cannot you know just expect students to get on with it like to to a degree they have to be very integrated in their lives to make them feel part of a community helping them feel included and actually caring and having the empathy to actually say that we know who you are and we want you to feel like you're included but not just say it though yeah and not just say it yeah, it's, the experience it's actually trying to convey that through, you know, a personalised well-being plan or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a more of a personalised um, approach to Mental checking health. in on them, you yeah. know, like a check-in, like yeah. um, a weekly check-in. So, or... so like your student support team actually yeah. checking up on people, yeah, or whether yeah. it's tutors As... or, or however they would do it. But yeah, I think you absolutely need that one-to-one -one yeah. time yeah, because regularly. It, Absolutely, because like a lot of universities in, in the States, like there was one that um, Duke University have set up this cafe, international cafe, which is like a, a weekly check-in. 
to talk about cultures with international students and they all get together on a weekly basis. It used to happen in person, now it happens virtually. But I think it's about trying to create a community and tribes, as I would call it, you know, to to know what the interests of that particular student are and try to check in with them to find out whether they are committing to, you know, certain activities that make them happy or, you know, that they're feeling included or their lectures are, you know, up to par. Understanding the real-time experience of what they're feeling rather than, oh, here's an NSS survey after a year, you know, you find out how they perform. It's, it's not even that, though. It's their third year, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know what this reminds me of? It actually reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and creating a sort of, you know, 2020 version of that almost because it is about basic needs being satisfied first. It is the fact that shelter comes at the, fa- the forefront because, you know, accommodation is a huge part, as we touched on and earlier. safety. And exactly, safety, and yeah. safety and the feeling of belongingness, you know, belonging to a community, as Zina just said, you know, she used the word tribe, but I quite prefer community. Um, but yeah, community is another part of it. And then the accomplishment part of it is, you know, once they've got their degree and the whole experience, the student experience from start to end. And how does that kind of, you know, evolve as the, the months go on? Because no, not even every week is the same anymore. Mm. So it's kind of adapting. I think what you touched on there as well is is basically like constant feedback um where yeah. whether it is uh like focus groups across the university of students or mm-hmm. on a larger scale than that i think that's to me the most important thing no matter what the universities do the mm-hmm. yeah. the fact that they actually listen actively listen to the students mm-hmm. and a lot of universities say like students as partners mm-hmm. to make sure that this is the most important time to do that. So whatever you try, whatever events you actually put on, however the student experience and the learning and teaching is going, actually listen to how the students are feeding back on those Mm -hmm. and implement as quickly as possible the suggested changes. Otherwise, I think it could kind of go off the rails a bit because it it is a huge logistic challenge for, for universities to keep all of these students happy in this time. Because if you think about it, self-help books are probably the biggest selling books right now in 2020. Everybody needs help, right? And meditation apps as well. And meditation, yeah, absolutely. And you've got all that. That's all on the rise. And well-being is at the forefront. Oh, and the other thing might be just having on-campus gyms, even if that's an outdoor gym, you know, it's it's a well-being programme. Exactly what I was saying. So if it's outdoors, but invest in it properly, so it's not just like um, a marquee with a few bits in there, like do this Mm. properly. So when the students arrive, that actually you kind of blow them up, like exceed their expectations. Expectations, yeah. Because I think it's very worrying that their expectation could be completely missed and then you end up with lots of expectation versus reality memes which would be terrible like from a marketing perspective it would not like you can promise all of these things are you actually going to deliver it what's does what does the campus look like and it needs to be transparent communication absolutely and regular updates students don't like to wait around so i think you know you have to understand your audience as well like this new audience is very aware they're hyper aware of what the what's happening what's not happening they're they're aware about online real time they want real time updates mm-hmm. and universities need to equip themselves and and invest in this real time kind of environment one of the things as well that does worry me from my technical background in practically delivering mm. online sessions is what if they're not actually that good what if the academics internet is not very stable or 
maybe more likely the student's internet connection isn't great. So that's going to lead to a lot of dissatisfaction stress and dissatisfaction it's going to be really frustrating for them yeah i know that some university students accommodation the wi-fi when all the students are there is pretty Mm -hmm. terrible that needs to be addressed as quickly as possible speaking of your maslow of hierarchy of needs it reminds me of the meme where (laughs) wi-fi is at the bottom for the most important thing for uh, students but it absolutely is yeah because what's the difference between a student studying here or staying home like if it's all going to be conducted virtually anyway, there is no difference, right? So I think that... Well, this comes back to investment, you know, yeah. being put into technology and adapting yeah. to it as and when it happens. I mean, I, mean, I think like for, from an investment perspective, like Stanford's um, graduate business school created, you know, virtual classes in a, in a virtual world. They created an entirely virtual campus that wasn't a replica, a complete replica, but it was a replica in a, in a virtual sense. A bit like, you know, Second Life by a company that's called Verbella. And what they've done is they've created this hallmark um, campus for their lead program, which was an online certificate anyway for business. What they did was not only did they create the program, but they developed like a sense of community. We talked a lot about how different students Mm. are. I'm sure for some students that would be really good. But for others, you kind of miss that human contact of like actually seeing people on video conferencing. Yeah. It's a difficult one. And obviously it's going to be really expensive. But the thing with something like that, for the experience, it has to kind of match the investment that the student's putting in to go to university in the first place. My worry is that actually preparing the campuses, even if it was 20 or 30% delivery on campus, all of the effort is going into that. Yeah. It feels like at the moment. So the online part of it is not having as much love or investment as the physical. Yeah, I agree. At the moment, everyone's worried about recruitment Mm, and enrollment. Are they going to actually turn up? They've been dealt a horrible card. But then I think the bigger issue is we talked about with expectations. So once they do arrive, are their expectations going to be matched with the reality student retention? Are they going to stick mm. around? Are they going to drop out and come back the next year? That, that's why I think the social aspect is really important to keep going beyond Welcome Week and for the university to invest with the students' yeah. union to exceed the expectations, to make it better than it would yeah. be. I mean, I think one of the things that I think that are actually a positive rather than a negative are that, you know, universities have spent, you know, billions on their buildings and like millions on IT. But I think that in itself shows that now it has to be reversed, like spend more money on IT and less on the buildings. But I think that's why there's been an emphasis on the in-campus feeling. Let's transform the in-campus feeling. Like even though it might not remain an in-campus feeling, I think that the transformation now needs to head towards the university model and really helping the digital strategy around that. So so what do you think? How, how can... They thrive. And are there any sectors outside of HE that you could look for for inspiration? We've always talked about how we're quite delighted by the way the retail world has kind of adapted. If I'm buying my groceries online, I know what to expect from the the sort of experience that I get until it reaches my door. Mm. So it's not just a, you know, in-store analogy. It's also translated online now. It's also the e-commerce. So what are the websites looking like? Are they reflective of the, the campus and, you know, how are you restoring that sort of experience from in person? Yeah, I watched a video a while ago around who is going to be the Amazon of HE, 
right? Like that was a that was a video. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I found that really interesting. <laughs> I, I, I watched. Oh, did that you? Too. Yeah. <laughs> and I found that so interesting, and I was like, oh yeah, who is going to be the next Amazon in HE? But this, this was before a global yeah, pandemic as well. Yeah, this was before the global pandemic, and and I found it so interesting because I don't think anyone was thinking about a pandemic or even the fact that this sort of transformation can happen overnight. And who will be the yeah, next and who will be, Yeah, and <laughs> I think you. a lot of, I think a, a lot of universities have become a bit, that's not possible or let's set out a strategy for five years. I think there's got to be an immediate strategy, right? Like a, it's Instant. not, it shouldn't be reactive anymore. Mm. It should be like, we are going to think about this and it should happen. Like have a short... The technology's there yeah, as well. Yeah, I used to shop in store, in supermarkets, yeah. but now I do click and collect. Yeah. So we order everything from the app. You select, I'm on my way. Yeah. And then they use GPS when you actually arrive to then bring it out to you. So surely that sort of technology is available. It's cheaper than ever. Imagine a campus that was totally digitally connected yeah. like that. So you could tell wh whether areas are busy or not. Yeah. And I know this is something that when I was working in-house, they were looking at, but this is the time to actually... Uh, imagine how how useful that is. I want to go to the library. I'm in halls. Oh, actually, it's looking quite busy now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, wait an hour and then you're not wasting your time. You feel more secure. You don't want to go into a situation where you walk in and actually it's pretty busy there. The other thing I really love is the gym. So I know when not to go into the gym because they've got a real-time sort of heat map to let you know when it's going to be fully packed. Mm. And they mm -hmm. actually advise they advise against it. So it's, you know, putting in safety measures, as you mentioned before, Stephen, you know, safety is a huge concern, as it is for everybody. But it kind of shows that they've adapted to a world, you know, it's a very busy environment. But how do you kind of tackle that? You know, you have to come up with solutions as and when it happens. You can't wait three months when it's happening right now. You need to know how to move next. Yeah, and it's about, um, you know, like um, Sainsbury's have this virtual queue system. Like, you don't even have to wait in line anymore. You can actually just go onto the app and then just wait and queue. And then when, you're, when it's your turn, you literally go to the store and you go in. To sum up then, a lot of what we talked about is culture. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely an opportunity for a university to be transparent, to be upfront and honest with their current and prospective students, mm -hmm. to listen to them, to embed a feedback culture that is actually actioned upon mm -hmm. regularly. And this comes from my content marketing training course that I do, but basically experiment, analyze and improve. Yeah. Like this is what you have to do now. If this is the, the coin phrase, the unprecedented time, mm -hmm. there, there is no blueprint for this. So all you can do is try new things, see what works and what doesn't with feedback from the, the students and actually act upon that. And then I think that's how a university is going to do well out of this. Absolutely. If you don't do that, then this is where retention and brand and reputation, it just could be quite a negative result really for them. Yeah, I mean, I think, as they said, like for a lot of universities, it could take them years to build their reputation and then it can take one second for them to lose it. I also think it's a great opportunity for growth yeah. and not just, you know, prosperity in terms of the economy but I mean in terms of academics to really get out their comfort zones as well as students to really get out their comfort zones and staff and you know constantly growing when there's these sort of hurdles how do you how do you tackle them without it being always a you know it can always appear to be quite negative at the moment but there's actually positive things to take out of the pandemic really nurture those students that are willing to come through those doors. In next week's episode we'll be discussing international education strategy in a post-COVID world with a special guest from New Zealand. If you like what you're hearing, it would mean a lot to us if you'd subscribe. 
Disrupting the Degree is brought to you by the Brand Education and Carnival Content.